Greetings this morning in Jesus' name. Good morning. It's good to be alive today and in the house of the Lord where we can worship Him and uh, we can sing praises to Him. Praise the Lord. Our God is alive. He's not dead. He is uh, seated at the right hand of the Father and He is interceding for us. Praise the Lord for that. Why don't we uh, begin with a word of prayer? Dear Lord, we come to you this morning. In Jesus' precious name, thank you, Lord, for your many blessings to us. Thank you for this time that we can gather together as a body of believers, and we can sing praises to you, we can worship you in truth and in spirit. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to live our lives pleasing in your sight, Lord, that you would help us to have the true adoration that you deserve from our lives. Help us, Lord, to live our lives in such a way that we are a living sacrifice, dead unto the world and alive to you. Father, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. pray that you would encourage us, minister to us, draw us to yourself, Lord, and thank you that uh, you are here and that you meet with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, I think what I want to speak about is something that I uh, has been going through my mind and heart in the last few weeks. Last night, we had company until 1230, and I kept telling my company I need to study, and it didn't seem like that was much of importance to him. So... I don't feel like I really have a message because I got up at 6 or whatever this morning, 6.30, and I was still tired. And uh, so I I will share what what God has been speaking to me the last few weeks, so it's kind of more of a testimony. But my, uh, my heart is that everyone would be encouraged. We all need encouragement. We're all in a battle. And uh, we, are, we are all living life, and the enemy's real, and he's out there to destroy, and he's out to discourage, and out there to um, draw us down. Because if we aren't, if we're encouraged and we're on fire, he's losing the battle. And that's how it should be, but he doesn't like that. So for a text, let's turn to Psalms 121. Psalms 121, beginning in verse 1, and we'll read the chapter, eight verses. David says here, he says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now, why do you think David 
says here, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. Why do you think he mentions hills? And I might put the word in their mountains. And the reason I'm going to do that is because we just recently took a trip to Colorado. There was a family gathering out there. And uh, we drove pretty much all the way through the Rocky Mountains, and the gathering was on the west side. And it's been quite a while since I've been to the Rockies, and through the Rockies, and over the Rockies. But as we were driving, there was one day that we took uh, kind of in the middle, there was this big lake, so we rented a pontoon, and we went out on this uh, lake. And the closer you got to these mountains, the bigger they began to seem. And the more you looked at him, the more things you started to see. And it is just unbelievable, some of these mountains. Then from there, we went in our van and we drove over one of these mountains along what they call the Black Canyon. And this Black Canyon was absolutely amazing. It was almost more amazing to me than the Grand Canyon because it was a little bit more comprehensible. But we drove along these this what I call trail, I mean, it was a road, but it was right along this canyon. And some places you could see to the bottom, which was a lake, and it looked like it was almost straight down for 2,000 feet. It wasn't overly wide, but it was massive. And uh, there was a place that we stopped, kind of an overlook, a scenic area they called it, and you would just stand there, and you would look and look and look and look. And it was just breathtaking. It was a nice, clear day. And all that kind of comes to your mind is the word awesome. It is just unbelievable. It is just amazing. Anyhow, there was this motorcycle driver that came up. You know how motorcycle drivers are. They can be kind of rough and tough sometimes. And he wanted me to take a picture of him standing here by this uh, overload. So I did. I used his cell phone, took a picture. And he turns around, and his words were just amazing, just unbelievable. There's something about these mountains, the the grandeur, the greatness, that it just makes you feel, it just, it's a little bit, it has, there's a feeling of awesomeness there. There's a feeling of amazement. This is something that man couldn't even begin to think of doing. Another feeling that you begin to have is how small you are. You looked way down on that lake and there was maybe some boats or some people and you could hardly see them. Or when we were on the other side and you looked way up into the mountain, you felt so small. The longer you gazed at this place, the almost smaller you felt. Because it seemed like you just kept seeing more and more. You looked out of the vast canyons or the vast, the one place we were at, we were up high. We were up uh, maybe, I forget, 10,000 feet, I think, 10 or 11,000. And you just looked for miles and miles, and there was mountains and mountains. The higher you got, the smaller you felt. And my van did too. Actually, the higher you get, the less horsepower you have. Because the air gets thinner. And your vehicle gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And that's kind of how weak. The higher you get, the smaller you feel. Do you think David, when he was in those mountains, he spent a lot of time in the mountains. He would flee from his enemies. He would 
he would, uh, Saul was after him in the mountains. And he would, he wrote a lot of psalms in the mountains. What do you think his view was? And it's good for us to come to that place because we are so inadequate. God did that. I mean, there was rocks, massive rocks. There was, it's just unbelievable. And God did that by the word of his mouth. The power that it took, and I don't, I don't exactly know when all this took place or how it all took place during the flood. Um, a lot of these rocks and canyons moved and water rushed down through there and created big, huge um, canyons through the rocks. But the amount of power that took is unbelievable. And yet, you know what? God, in his infinite power, wants to have a relationship with us. It brings even a sense of humility when you stand there, even when you just look at that. And the Bible talks about why is God mindful of us. Here he took that, I mean, he just spoke the word, and there was massive power brought forth in rocks, just, I don't know, spewing up into the air, and as the water rushed to the bottom of the canyons, and I don't know how it all happened. But it really puts us in our place. Sometimes we think we are so big and have it so figured out. In Isaiah 3, there's a verse that said, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That is our, the attitude we should have. When you stand there and you looked at the grandeur, and you look at those hills, and you think of God, God is so big. Let's turn to Psalms 103. I'd like to read that chapter. Psalms 103, verse 1. Beginning in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all my iniquities, who healeth all my diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known all his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities, for as, the high, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children 
Lot's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearken unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. That is the feeling that we should have if once we get a right view of God. As we walk through life, we tend, our views tend to warp, but sometimes it is, a, it is a good practice to stand at those places and just let your heart take in the wondrous works of God and how big he is. And then taking it into our everyday lives a little bit more, I think if we do the same thing about his holiness, and we just sit and wonder at the holiness of God, And how even though he is as holy as he is, just like this psalm says, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. As far, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards us, towards them that fear him. It should do the same thing to us when we sit in his holiness as it does when you stand out there and look at those mountains. It should bring us... It should fill our hearts with gratitude. It should make us feel of our own inadequateness or our own smallness when we sit at the feet of Jesus, when we sit in his holiness, and we really see how destitute we are and how dependent we are on him. And a heart full of love towards God should rise up within us, and we should Feel that same awesomeness, that same sense of amazement at the love of God. Here he was. He just created those mountains by the word of his mouth. And yet he reaches out his hand of mercy to us and doesn't deal to us according to our own self. And as you stand out there at the mountain, it takes a long time to take it all in. You want to see more, but you want to see what's around the next curve. What could be over this rock? And as I was driving, well, we were up way up high, and you saw these mountains for miles and miles and miles, it seemed like. And the thought entered my mind, I wonder if every square inch or every square mile of these mountains have been trodden by men. What if there's some place out there that nobody has ever been, and I'd find a rock of diamond or something you know wouldn't that be amazing you know that's that's what (coughs) excuse me that's what should happen when we are in the presence of God in his holiness and we see the wonder of it all we see the wonder of how God saved us and his holiness yet his interest in us and it should put in us a desire for more It should put in us a desire to see what else can be found in God. We haven't found it all. Just like maybe there's a mountain of diamonds out there that nobody ever found. (laughs) Probably not, but it's a nice thing to think about. And uh, 
Yeah. Just kind of taking those two scenarios of standing there in our bodies and just feeling that amazement and taking that to our spiritual bodies and coming to the place. It takes us coming there. It took me driving there to get the full extent of that amazement. I can think about it now. I can kind of rehearse it. But it takes going there to really see pictures don't do justice. Explaining it doesn't do justice. Seeing it, feeling it is what it takes. And I think that's how it is in our spiritual life. We need to go there. Just thinking about it, wishing for it, imagining imagining it isn't good enough. We need to find ourselves awestruck at the holiness of God and at the bigness of God. Then we can be the light to this world when we feel that because we reflect. In closing, I would like to read Psalms 111. Psalms 111, verse 1 through 10. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation, the works of the Lord are great, sought out by them that have pleasure therein. There it is. We can seek out the great works of God, but it has to be done by those that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. His promises will always stand. We can trust, we can can put faith in that. He hath showed his people the power of his works, that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of his hand are verity, and judgment are his command, and his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent, he, he sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. May that be our life, our testimony, that his praise endureth forever, and that he has sent redemption unto me, unto us, unto his people. His commandments and his promises are ever true. And the awesomeness of that, I believe, if that if we, if we really feel that awesomeness in our heart toward him, it'll make, an, it'll make a difference in our life. And our testimony will be clear and true. So as we go through life this week, let's not forget to be awestruck at the holiness of God and who God really is. God bless.